Hi, this is Melanie Klein, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 224 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, I cannot believe it's 224, and I also can't believe that it is June. This is the sixth month. I can't believe where 2020 went. It's definitely let a, left a mark. It's definitely um, made itself known in the way of kicking off a decade, isn't it? Um, but we're here today on June 10th with Melanie Klein. Melanie is a new friend. We met back in October at a conference. And fortunately, we didn't get a lot of chance to talk and connect, but we didn't let that stop us. We connected outside of the conference. We kept in touch. We've been playing tag, but we still found time to, to connect. And here we are. She's finally come on the show. And she's a sought-after empowerment coach and respectful, respected thought leader in the areas of authentic empowerment, visibility, and body confidence. And when I talked with Melanie, what's interesting is sometimes you just kind of meet someone and you're like, hey, you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. I think people connect in different ways, right? But there's sometimes when you connect with someone, you're like, you seem to have a head on your shoulder. We should talk more. We should talk more. And that's kind of what happened and why I wanted her on the show. Guys, this is going to be a fun conversation because I don't know where it's going to go. But Melanie, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm excited to be here because like you said, we didn't, we had that brief dinner where I was so excited. I was like, Hey, I know your podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because we've played tag and actually our next real conversation since then is this particular conversation. So I think it's pretty fun to share it with all of your listeners and, and see, you know, what pops up. And we were talking beforehand. So guys, we're recording this in April. And so the episode airs June. But, you know, while we're talking about this, we're at stay, we're on stay at home orders. Um, and so that may or may not be the case when you're listening to this, but I'm pretty sure COVID-19, the coronavirus are still going to have an impact on you in June. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I want to talk in particular, um, the episode is entitled Empowering Yourself to Chase Your Dreams. And the reason I did that, I thought, you know, who better to help us with this than you, Melanie, an empowerment coach is a lot of people, because of these new circumstances, are feeling locked in. This is it. My life is over. Yeah. Normal will never come back. Some are even saying, hey, I want normal and, and don't realize that it may not come back the way they expect it. But a lot of people are struggling with the fact that their dream may be over just because of these circumstances. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because um, as a coach yourself, have you found... Uh, with your clients, something similar of that nature? Well, you know, I think that's such a great question. Um, and that, first of all, for sure, we are not going back to anything that we've known before. So the even the idea of normal, we have to consider what that ever was and what it's going to be and recognize that, as we all know, the only constant is change anyways, right? And so 
are our circumstances going to be different than they are in this moment? Of course they are. What that's going to be, right, is subject to a lot of variables. Most importantly, our mindset and where we stand within our own sense of self. And when it comes to my clients, I, I have to say, it's really interesting. I was having this conversation this morning with a group that I'm currently facilitating um, to specifically get them through this time, not only to get through, but to thrive during that time. And I was saying that you know most of my clients... Um, are saying that they're like, wow, I am doing surprisingly well. And it's, it's surprising maybe to them, but not to me because it's the whole point of this work, right? For me to be empowered is to truly be able to stand deeply rooted within ourselves, to be conscious enough to think about what we are thinking, feeling, and how we're doing things, discerning right what kind of conversations and what kind of things that we engage in are not going to be supportive or helpful to ourselves and what we want to create. And constantly make decisions that are really, really in line with the biggest, brightest, fullest expression of ourselves. And that does not rely on any external circumstances, mm -hmm. right? In fact, for me, I have to say I had a really interesting, challenging 2019, which seems so tame, right? In comparison. <laughs> um, but I did. And I remember thinking to myself, I think a couple months before I met you, I, I had this moment of thinking, wow. This is incredible. I have been doing this sort of empowerment work specifically for women for the last 24 years. I had felt like I've grown so much in this time. I've expanded so much in this time. And yet, with the obstacles and challenges that I had last year, I found myself not only being able to meet them head on, but truly thriving through them. Doesn't mean that I didn't have bumpy days. Doesn't mean I didn't have ugly cry days, right? But what it means is, I didn't drop anything in the process. I didn't stop parenting. I didn't stop showing up for my clients. I didn't implode my business. I didn't stop taking care of myself. I was able to kind of hold both the sorrow and the joy. Mm -hmm. I was able to hold the sadness, the grieving, you know, the sort of um, the things that I was butting up against at the same time, being able to see what was working, what was beautiful, you know, where I was having my wins. And in that process, because the degree of the challenge last year was so tremendous that because of the way I met that, I was able to actually become more empowered. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is to say what we're dealing with now, it's really how are we approaching this? And, you know, anytime my client tells me, you know, we, we butt up against some shadow material or a blind spot or, or having an obstacle, I get excited because I go, this is such an opportunity. And that is not to sound, you know, like I'm spiritually bypassing or going into this Pollyanna sort of way of looking at things. Are things challenging? Yes, they absolutely are. But we can really choose to either meet it head on in a way where we're grounded and feeling empowered and inspired, or we can shrink. And a lot of people, yes, are choosing to shrink and feel like I need to constrict, I need to become smaller. My vision, my ideals, my intention for what I want to create has to become smaller because. I'm in this box, right? You know, you and I were talking right before we went live that, you know, we're inside. And even though you and I both work virtually to know that our option for where we can go outside of these four walls are limited. The truth is our mindset is not limited. Our vision is not limited to the space. And so we can continue to grow and expand. And I would argue we need to do that more than ever right now. Right, that to shrink or constrict is not the default or the go to answer. And so, for me and for my clients and the people in my community, 
we're acknowledging like, yeah, there's some heavy shit going down. There's some challenges. You know, there's days where, you know, I mourn the fact that my fifth grader is not going to be able to have a elementary school graduation. Um, I'm, I'm letting it come and I'm grieving and I am constantly choosing to pivot because for me, there is no other option, right? It's like, this is what I'm committed to. Like, where, where will I go if I go into this spiral? I, I already know I've been there. I've had many dark moments in my life. And for me, that's no longer an option. For me, it's like, okay, I'm going to keep meeting this. Like I've met every challenge, including the ones last year, very head on, knowing that there is a solution to everything. And the more I expand and the more my vision expands, the my dreams get bigger, the better we all are for it. You know what I love about is, is what you said about challenges. And my one of my um, coworkers uh, was managing a project, and we were trying to present it to someone. I can't remember at the time, but he said, "You know, let's not list our obstacles. Let's list them as opportunities. Mm-hmm. Opportunities to face them and and look at it. And what you said is is, is exactly right. It's a perspective issue. Absolutely." right? It's, you said mindset, perspective, it's how you look at it and how you approach it. And I know, you know, at the beginning of this, in when everyone was coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, now's the time to just go ahead, relax, relate, release, you don't have to do anything. Then there was another side of, of the camp that said, hey, this is your chance. If you're not going to come out of this without a new skill, without a new craft, without a new something, then you're just wasting time. And it's like so stressful because you're like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> right. Like if I like if you have an off day, or like I just want to relax. But if I don't do some work, then I'm just—it's going to be wasted, and people are going to look at me. And it's like, oh my god, what do I do? What do you say to people who are freaking out? Probably still, even in June, whenever they're listening to this, when they're faced with the situation and there's competing arguments about what you should and should you do, how do you handle? You know. I love that because I have to say that first week, I was very overwhelmed <laughs> with all of the stuff coming through. Uh-huh. I really, really like leaned out. And I remember I was like, okay, where's my place in all of this? I felt like to a certain degree, like people just like jumped in, which is great. I mean, if that's what they felt called to do, but I was like, whoa, like I need a minute to assess the situation before I'm like, you know, whatever. And uh, I've been really kind of conflicted with both ends of the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely get the point, And yet I honestly, I don't agree with either. Um, I don't think that it really serves... Um, continuously for people to just completely lean out and kind of take the, you know, take their hands off the reins and feel like, okay, well, now I don't have to do anything. I think there's a place for that, where, you know, there might be moments where we really need to rest, we really need to restore, we really need to relax. And maybe we can, you know, kind of bring our nervous system down a little bit, maybe we can reset. Yet, I don't, I don't think that's healthy to have that be the entire way through because, you know, energy begets energy. And if we're not having any energetic momentum in the same way, you know, if anyone's ever been sick and you, you know, you've been bedridden, you know, that lethargy in part becomes very difficult to break unless you just start walking. Um, And at the same time, this idea of like, you're going to write the next best novel and you're going to do whatever. I feel like that added a lot of pressure. And so for me, it's like, let's just take the pressure off and let's just acknowledge 
where we're at moment to moment, really see that, be fully, fully present and be able to discern what is needed right now. Because what's needed right now is going to be different than it is in 10 minutes, than tomorrow and next week. And I can definitely say this past Saturday, <laughs> I, I, I looked at my, on my, my phone, I had my little walking app. I had 299 steps. Okay, on Saturday. And I literally never put on a bra, didn't get out of my pajamas stayed and uh-huh. stayed at home. And it was it was beautiful. It was it was very needed because my weeks are very busy, right? So I have a lot of energy that I'm expending during the week. And because as I shared with you before we went live, I have more to do and less time and less support given the yeah. context. It is more essential than ever that I go into very, very deep rest. But what I do is I carve out the time. Like, this is deep rest. This is what I need right now. And I do this so that I can then show up fully over here. And so I'm constantly sort of vacillating between these different ends of the spectrum, but keep coming back to my authentic center. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, that's where I mean my empowered place where I know what it is that I need. And I don't back away from it. I don't hide from it. I don't pretend something else. I'm very clear like, yes, I need this right now without apology. And right now, I need to produce. Because for me, I understand how I work. I need to have an element of structure or container. One of my clients calls it structured freedom, right? Where it's like, what's within that container can really move and be spontaneous. But I need to have some kind of a container. When my son was on, quote, proverbial spring break, um, you know, I had already cleared my calendar well before COVID to, to make time for that. And we were very limited in what we could do. And after four days, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is too much time. Like if we were going on road trips or if we were able to go to the pool, fine. I go, but this is too much time. And I keep, yeah, I keep coming to face with, I am built to create. For me to thrive, I need to create, I need to serve, I need to show up. It's going to look different for someone else. And so that's why I say, get into your center and really be clear on what you need in that moment. And don't feel pressured by either side, right? Like, do you need some movement? Do you need to nourish yourself? Do you need extra sleep? Do you want to create something and create some meaning and purpose? And I think for the people who aren't, I would say, bullied by either side or don't feel um, kind of swept away by either end of the, the extreme, really have an opportunity to truly come out of this, whatever that place is going to look like, right? Because that's to be determined in a way where they are more expansive, they are thriving more deeply because they really authentically listen to, this is what works for me and our family, my schedule, my needs, and honor that more than they ever have before so that they can come out. And truly, it's almost like being unleashed in the world as opposed to kind of emerging from this fog, wiping their eyes like, oh, now what? For me, I I want to be locked in the center. So I'm holding the reins less maybe tightly than before, but I'm softly holding them. I'm not just letting go and I'm not forcing it either. And I think that's that beautiful kind of metaphor for how can you be engaged without, you know, completely lying fallow and without forcing anything. It's such an interesting feeling right? To have that freedom. Cause I think I'm like you in that I can't sit still. I can't giving me time and say, Hey, Amy, you have all this. I get antsy. I don't know what to do with it. And I have a sure. sister. She's the opposite. She's like, bring it on. Let right. me just sit here, relax, watch some British TV or whatever. And you know, it's great. Whereas I'm like, this is it. This is all we're doing. We're just going to yes. sit here. Like I literally have to 
work on something. Now, people have said, hey, have you increased the number, uh, the amount of podcasting you're doing in this time, in this space? And I'm like, absolutely not. And I could, absolutely. But I think for me, which is different from other podcasters and people is I have to keep a routine and a regimen. And one of the reasons I scaled back was, is I'm focusing on other things. And I wanted to make sure I'm okay with that. And what you said earlier about, you know, not holding on too tightly, not holding on too loosely, not letting it go, right? right? Just kind of holding it. And I think that's, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about being honest with yourself and how for you, what works may not work for other people, may not work for someone else. But what the key, I think, and I want your opinion on this, is you don't hold what you're saying, your honesty, your conversation with yourself and what you decide to a standard for other people. You don't, right? And, and I think some of us are like, I, I should be doing this. Why? Because somebody else said so, right? Yes. And there's a distinction, I think, that should be made that I think a lot of you who are listening may be struggling with what you're doing because you're allowing other people to decide what you should be doing. Yeah. And, and, and part of that is because, you know, people are online and they're taking in so much information. So oh, we're dealing with, uh, I mean, such a glut of, of information and opinions right now, more so than ever. And, you know, this period of time feels so concentrated. It's, it's like, you know, um, in terms of time, like we're in this strange time warp where it feels very fast and feels very slow. Yeah. Um, things changing so rapidly. I remember the first week, just like, oh my goodness, I was so exhausted by the end of the first week because I was constantly tapping into the latest because we hadn't gone into actually shelter in place yet. Mm-hmm. The first week, my son's school had already closed, but it was like, are we allowed to go out? What are we doing? And I actually had some relief once we went to shelter in place. I was like, okay, now I know what we're doing. Right. Great. I can go ahead and log off. But I mean, every moment, like every hour, it's like the world was changing. And this this sort of concentration is is magnifying also you know uh, our blind spots it's magnifying and amplifying our traumas our triggers our activations um it is giving us also this kind of surge of energy to use all of that mm-hmm. and choose how we're going to work with it and in the same way if you know we're someone who is very easily swayed by others opinion mm-hmm. someone who really doesn't you know, live our life on our own terms, now was the time to choose to do that, right? Because there is just so much conflicting information that's coming at us. It's really up to us to decide what are we going to take in? How much are we going to take in? And what actually makes sense for me? What actually makes sense for me? And if we can choose that, our tendency to kind of feel like we're in the agitation cycle, right, is going to be drastically reduced and we can get even more clear and more focused than it any point before. Because while this work is very powerful at any given time, I truly feel in the same way everything is magnified, this work, our commitment to doing this kind of inner work is going to yield magnified results. There there was a quote or a saying, um, Lavia Jai Jones put on her Instagram, a conversation between her and her therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, she was talking about, um, I told her I'm okay asking her about how she's doing right now. And I'm being hyper-productive right now. I'm keeping busy and doing a thousand things at once. Her, why do you think that is? Lovey, I'm not lying. I'm not letting myself be too still. Rabbit holes are real. Her, what do you think is behind that? What is the fear? Lovey, well, I know in times of crisis, people either sink or swim. I don't want to sink. Her, Mm -hmm. do you have to sink or swim? What if you just float? Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
yeah. completely forget because that's all we're presented with, right? We are presented yeah. with got to do one the or the other. Mm-hmm. There's a third option. Yeah. That, well, there's many options. There's a lot of gray area between, right? Right. And that's the thing. And, and I think the words you used is um, getting comfortable with making your own choices is mm-hmm. I think so important, guys. I mean, in looking back in my history and recently I was talking to someone and, and they were like, you know, how did you get here? to this point, podcasting, doing this stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's a great question. I didn't really <laughs> thought about it. Yeah. But when you, when I look back, um, the moments of realization for when I, and I've never really talked about it on the show, the moment of realization for when I actually made my own choices was when I was taking time like this to just be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I took that time, you know, started working mm-hmm. on my mental health, talking about gratitude, affirmations, trying to yeah. use visual vision boards and visual statements to kind of get with me, did I see things start to align and then realize, hey, if I change, the world isn't going to blow up. It was, it was a scary thought, but it's in, it's in, it was uplifting and you feel like a load is lifted once you start to make your own choices. It is. And, you know, when you said the world is not going to implode, in fact, the world's going to expand, right? Mm. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that you were saying that resonated. One of them being, you know, times like these. And I would say that it's, it's having enough space where we can start to look at things that we've overlooked, things that have been hidden, right? We do, to a certain degree, have some extra space. As much as I'm busy, right? I'm not then on the weekends reorganizing my closets like a lot of people. I'm taking the time to really deeply rest. And in that space, you know, I can t- go ahead and take a look at things, make new decisions. I'm not on my road trips. I'm not, we usually do a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so even with the concentrated busyness, I'm making sure that I don't fill every moment so much that I'm losing the value of the space because I get to make some new decisions. And so I, you know, I talk to my clients about, you know, we need to know when to lean out and when we need to lean in. And it kind of becomes a dance, right? There isn't mm-hmm. one precise answer. And I know yeah. a lot of times people want one answer. They want a prescription or a formula. And it's like, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't provide the map. I help you, you know, go ahead and find your own inner compass so that you can guide yourself authentically. Um, because I used to have people go, well, how did you get here? I want like, my thing is not going to work for you. It's going to be different. What I can tell you, are the the things that I utilized, right? And part of that had been becoming comfortable enough with myself and this dance of existence that, you know, when I started to feel like I was kind of leaning out too much and getting, you know, too lackadaisical about something, I would lean a little bit. Okay, it's time to apply a little more pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, put the, you know, energy back and momentum. And when it becomes, you know, too pedal to the metal and it's like, ooh, things are getting too full. There's no space. I'm now just striving for the sake of striving. All right, time to lean out a little bit. And like really coming into this beautiful, like if anyone's had an amazing lover in their life where you two are just like, no, organically, like, how to move, like you have to learn how to do that with yourself in this life. Like, when do I really flow? When do I create more of a container? And I think that 
a period like this, you know, which I imagine having this kind of space will have well into the end of the year where, you know, things are getting kind of recalibrated and falling mm-hmm. into place. I really urge people like, don't lean too far out that you kind of are spiraling, but don't lean so far in that you lose the beauty that each kind of open moment offers. Like learn to do that dance, learn that dynamic and, and find, you know, kind of those lost details that maybe you thought were mundane that really offer you some great insight. And also don't become so complacent that you kind of just fall off the map either, you know, because when people talk about expanding, um, it's interesting. They'll say, you know, I want to expand. And then they push the walls out and then it's like, whoa, oh my goodness. And there's no anchor. Yeah. And they're toppling over. It's like, no, that's part of the, like, you know, we push and we pull and there's tension and there, and there's flow. And I think that, you know, the main thing is if people commit to like, you know, I really want to use this time to expand. Mm -hmm. I want to use this time to not make my dreams smaller, but make them bigger because we need that right now. We need visionaries. We need people to be authentically anchored in themselves. Then I think that you can tap into the courage and enthusiasm to like harness the quiet moments and then use others to really create and be in a new way. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing the things that will come out of this, right? One of the things um, recently... Uh, that we started in, I guess we started in April is um, maybe March, but uh, is my mom cooks. Mm. And we started doing a, a cooking show where she just goes live and cooks oh, I for, love it. for people. It's called A Pinch of Kerala. You guys should check it out. And it's it came because she is, because she's considered high risk. She's not working uh, because mm-hmm. she's a nurse and because of my father's condition. So she doesn't work. So she's home. She has time. And she just came into my office and my sister was here and we were watching TV and she was like, Hey, I'm going to cook. Can we take some photos and share it with my sister who is not here? She's in West Virginia. And we're like, you know, why don't we just go live? With this? Let's just do it. <laughs> uh-huh. And we just went live and she's loved it. The reception has been great. People watch, people enjoy, people are still cooking what she makes. And, um, you know, we've talked about this for like a year and a half doing something like this for her. And it's only in this moment when we've had time freedom to kind of do it that we have, and this isn't to put pressure on people. You're not expected to, but if there is something you're sitting on, you know, now might be the time for that. I don't know. You got to decide for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, the big thing is taking inspired action, Mm -hmm. right? Really like, or sometimes it'll be right action, meaning, okay, if you want to produce and you want to create, then certainly do that. Again, for me, I know that's something that, you know, works really well for me and helps me to thrive. And yet I don't just do anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't just fill the space. And so it's about getting quiet enough to really be able to hear the depth of your own desire, the whispers of the things that have been wanting to come through that you've been Mm -hmm. too busy to hear, and then taking action on that. Not going, okay, I have the space, I'm going to fill it in with, you know, the flute class and the sewing class. And if those are not the things you're really passionate about, then just get quiet enough and be comfortable with that silence because a lot of people in our culture are not comfortable with quiet or downtime. And we, we still have that sort of Puritan work ethic, which is work for the sake of work. Right. And yes. so, you know, to, to have a pause can feel 
really uncomfortable. You know, for a lot of people, like it feels like the end. It's like, no, this is actually a new beginning, right? And then you can produce and you can create and you can be in a way that is so much more aligned with who you authentically are or who you want to be than just simply filling the space out of fear or out of pressure or whatever else it might be. And you make a, a fantastic point. I just want to take it a step further and say, guys, something yeah. I started that uh, we've been talking about for a while, um, other people and smarter than I, psychologists, therapists, people wise like Melanie that have said are, is I started it in May, actually doing it and have noticed a difference for me inside for myself is meditation. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> there oh, yeah. is guided meditation too to help you. So don't feel like you can just sit there and you're going to give up. You can do guided meditations. The Calm app helps. And I'm sure there are others out there. But I've noticed, a, a, you said get quiet and, and kind of quiet with yourself. I've mm-hmm. actually found by taking 5, 10 minutes, uh, 20 minutes just to sit with your thoughts. It's very powerful, guys. I have to recommend it's, it. I, I strove away from it, but it's helped. It's incredibly powerful. And I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, my own work, what's informed it has been, you know, 26 years ago now, I, I stepped into my first sociology of women class, which mm-hmm. blew freaking the doors off. I was like, whoa. And every class I was like, I remember my best friend and I would drive and we'd have conversations and, you know, um, we would just feel like somebody had taken the blinders off our eyes. I was, I thought like I've been fully liberated, meaning that I can understand my place in this world as a woman, you know, mm-hmm. I can understand that it's not just me, but there are these systems and structures that I've been interacting with and have had an impact on me. And that was so powerful. That really began that moment of like, okay, I want to offer this to people. That kind of burst of excitement that, you know, that way I, I ignited in that moment was so profound for me. And then to have a mentor who kind of supported me along the way. I remember I, it was a very, it was almost like, if, you know, I'm right now in the Marvel universe. I have an 11 year old son. So there's a <laughs> lot of Marvel happening. And, you know, and if I think about Thor, like coming down with, you know, and his hammer comes on the ground and you have all the, the sparks, like there was a moment when I made my declaration of like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. It was truly like just explosive mm-hmm. for me. It was not just a casual statement, I committed myself to, I want to do this for the rest of my life in terms of my own growth, having mentors and guides, and I want to mentor and guide. I want to offer this gift in the same way I've been offered this moment to liberate and free myself. I want to offer that to others, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the first big moment. And then... A couple of years later, I, I went to my first yoga class. Now, this is 1996. This is way before you had yoga pants and <laughs> you know yoga apparel. Like that didn't happen back then. There wasn't yoga on YouTube at that time, guys. No, yoga was, was there even. So, nope, yoga was weird AF. Okay, and there were just very few classes, right? And uh, so I went. I started doing essentially a moving meditation. Shortly thereafter, I started my meditation practice. So uh, I've been practicing Vipassana meditation for now over 20 years. And those things together in terms of the critical consciousness, having the intellectual awareness of being a really a conscious agent in my own life and being able to kind of deconstruct the world around me was incredibly powerful, but it was not as powerful as it was when it was paired with my mindfulness practices. Mm. Once I brought in my mindfulness practices, and I would also say embodiment practices, that's really 
when what became my work, you know, uh, over 20 years ago, came together. It was like, we need to really pair the intellect, the head, the heart, the body, so we can not only deconstruct, but we can be something new. If we can only understand it and dissect it, but we can't actually imprint into our being, it's not going to be as effective as if the whole thing is integrated. So part of the empowerment for me has been like, all right, so how do we create space? How do we become more aware? Well, we have practices that support our ability to train ourselves to get quiet so we can Mm -hmm. have more space between our thoughts and we can then choose those thoughts which inform our feelings which ultimately lead to actions, right? As well as, you know, this is going to go hopefully not too far off, but I, I believe your listeners are smart enough to get this whole package which is, you know, in Greco-Roman Western cultures, we have the mind-body split where, you know, the intellect, the head has been gendered masculine, the body, nature, and that realm has been gendered feminine. Mm-hmm. And the idea has always been that the masculine and the intellect is better, is, you know, more reliable than the feminine or the body or nature, which needs to be controlled, needs to be contained. And so for me, not only as an individual, but as a culture, it's like we need to integrate fully the full spectrum of our humanity, our, the full spectrum of our being. And when we can fully integrate and become whole, that's when we can really root into that center, which becomes the axis for our empowerment. And so meditation is, I mean, that is, that's my practice every day. And what I will tell you, I have tripled down on my practices during this time in order to stay centered and to continue to be a container, not only for myself, but for everyone that I serve, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, things were getting really trippy the first week, right? Where it was like, oh, again, what's happening? Onslaught of information. And I had moments where I could feel like my, 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 my mind going to these weird places, these triggered places, these places yeah. of trauma. And I was like, whoop, let's bring that. You know where you go, girl, when you go there, let's bring it right back. And so you know, where maybe I would meditate once a day or come into, you know, other mindfulness practices here and there, I have so cranked it up because things are changing so fast and things are so unprecedented. I have to keep bringing myself back to this space of like, okay, here's my route. Here's my route. And guys, that's a great point. When there's some, when there's something that's triggering you, the, the idea isn't to stay in that space. I mean, one of the things that with all with with the way things have been going with COVID and notifications and social media being what it was, for me, one of the things I had to do was take a step back. And for me, what I did was I turned off all my notifications because seeing the numbers on my phone and feeling like I had to check it to keep up to date with what was going on was actually worse. And so I Mm -hmm. now limit myself to try and check three times a day in the morning, yep. lunchtime, evening, and then leave it at that. Because if I try and then just keep up with the Joneses, Joneses on, on social media, the fact that almost like in the evening, there's like 10 to 15 people going live. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's a lot of, lot, this is a lot going on. And it just gets me anxious. I just turn it off and step back from it. And you got to figure out what that is for you. What, what, if the, any, and like Melanie said, get into a mode of mindfulness. It's, it's going to help. Promise. When you're trying to chase your dreams, these things help. 
it, it's huge. And, you know, anytime we're creating a vision or a dream for ourselves, we have to be very discerning about, um, you know, what we're actually entertaining or what we're feeding or what we're fueling, right? So that means what are the conversations that we're engaging in? What is the content that we're reading? You know, what truly are we taking in? And is that going to actually help support and serve that dream? Or is it going to detract and, you know, move us away from that? And so uh, a lot of my work has been about around media literacy and, uh, you know, media content. And so I would say not only do we want to reduce our time or make a commitment to a certain amount of minutes, you know, in a day, but also, you know, what are the sources? What is the credibility? I come from, you know, an empirically based background in the social sciences. Like I, I like data points, right? Like, is there any credibility to this? There are so many people who are throwing out articles and we don't even know if they're verified or credible, no. right? And it's it's like rando sources. <laughs> so we want to be very, very discerning. I, I would say, you know, you want to look at what is the vision or, you know, if you want to use Amy's language, what is the dream that you have for yourself and your life and what you want to create? And then that gets to, for me, the second prong, which is who is the person who can sustain and nurture that? Who do you have to be? How do you have to show up in order to kind of hold that vision and, and help that dream come into full manifestation? And then that leads to the third prong that I think is really effective, which is, okay, and then as obstacles or challenges come, right? You were saying earlier, Amy, like see them as an opportunity for growth, see them as the mechanisms to the solution. Mm. Every single obstacle, every single challenge or quote problem that we meet always has a solution. And when we can use our mindfulness practices to stay centered, it is so much easier to find like I said, the right solution or the inspired solution, as opposed to kind of, you know, ricocheting all over the place and, you know, getting <laughs> agitated. So I, I would really encourage people, you know, to set a general framework for themselves of like, okay, am I going to go download a meditation app? Or can I just take five minutes and just come into simple breathing? It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, I mean, when I learned Vipassana meditation, the, the first part of preparing for that is what's called anapana meditation. And with that, you simply sit and you observe your breath going in and out through your nostrils. And the focal point for your mind is simply on observing the breath going in and out. And you start to train your ability to, you know, focus on one thing. And if you wander off, you just, oh, there, there I went. And you just, you know, gently bring it back. No, no judgment. It's not an excuse to, you know, berate yourself. And, and just doing that a few times a day so that when it comes to the moments where you are perhaps being, you know, ignited or agitated or some yeah. really, you know, intense moments coming your way, your brain already has the ability to create enough space where you can go, oh, look what's happening and you can make a different decision. Yep. And that is, I mean, really, I can say one of the most powerful things in my own life because I would literally react to almost every single thought that I had. Every single thought. And they were not good things. <laughs> Go ask my exes, okay? They were not good things. <laughs> um, I mean, instead of having a feeling or a thought and letting it pass, it's like, oh, I need to make that phone call. I need to do right. this. And it's like, whoo, it was like, you, you know, no, you don't. Right. You don't. You don't. And that's yeah. exactly it. And so that for me, as a young woman who was, I would say, very, had a lot of wounds, trauma, low self esteem, did not feel like I had a lot of control in the world. 
to be able to center and call my thoughts and then take action uh, consciously mm-hmm. was truly the most empowering thing for me that I was like, oh, I am not a victim of circumstance. No, I am also not at the mercy of my own thoughts. My day, my sense of self-esteem is not contingent upon whether that person calls me or what they tell me that I have it all right here and I can own it and claim it. And that was, I mean, that was the game changer for me massively, massively. So, so with all of these things, because because all have been such amazing advice and, and I really suggest you take it, especially in this time as you're trying to figure out what is my dream, how do I chase it? Melanie, let me ask you, what is one thing these guys can do today to help them chase their dreams? I would say the first thing, because we already talked about the meditation and Mm -hmm. mindfulness, is to get really honest with themselves. Get super, super honest. I mean, for me to get honest with myself, (laughs) that was another part of my process of uh, like going, okay, let's, let's get real about what's actually going on here. Let's take real ownership and accountability for the shit you do. Okay. That is getting you to this place that you think you just landed in. And let's be completely real about what you actually want. Not about what your parents expected, what your grandparents hoped for, what your culture thinks you should do, or the school that you know you went to. That was that was everything for me. Is like actually, this is what it looks like, and it was not. It wasn't any of the things that anybody had projected onto me at all. And I have to tell you, once I hit my early thirties, that was really challenging because. I think, especially for women, we, there's a certain amount of freedom, that, more freedom than we feel now than, let's say, you know, in the 40s or the 60s oh, yeah, or the absolutely. 70s. And yet, some of these gendered constraints kind of come in later. Where it's like, oh, she can be like that as a young girl or in her 20s. But once you hit 30, are you getting married? Are you having children? Or whatever yeah. these questions are. And um, it was very stressful for me to... Um, have people constantly asking me those questions, things that I knew that they weren't asking their male colleagues or (laughs) anything like that. And um, because I had done enough work at that point, I was able to kind of meet those questions and projections and assumptions and not get rattled Mm -hmm. and not kind of fold under the pressure. And I, I feel so fortunate and so grateful for all the people who had guided me to that point because otherwise... There's, there would probably be several bad relationships right. behind me, maybe kids that I wasn't ready for, <laughs> career choices that I sure. didn't really want to make. And so that's what I mean by get honest with yourself and really take a look at who is the truth of who you are? What does that look like? And if you don't have an answer, then those mindfulness practices that we talked about are a really great way to kind of clear a lot of the clutter and start to see what that actually is. And be honest with what you have you know, done in your life that's, that's led you here. Don't let's not place any blame, but really look at how did I contribute to where I'm at right now? And then, so what can I do differently? Right. Guys, I can't say it better than that. Honestly, listen to what she said. Thank you. (laughs) Listen (laughs) to what she said. All right. So Melly, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Five quick questions. Ready? Do you really think I can answer a question quickly? Uh, what do you wish you had a picture of? Oh my goodness. Um, what do I wish I had a picture of? I wish I had a picture of my future self. Huh. Okay. 
Meaning like actually had her in my pocket, you know, like really could very clearly see her right now as I could like my grandmother or any other elder. I would really love, like I have a mental picture, but I'd love to actually see her face to face. That's an interesting answer. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I like it though. That's kind of cool. Well, now I have to ask you, what do you want a picture of? I like a picture of a waterfall. I, I don't know why I, I lakes, water bodies and just kind of sitting. I'm not a beach person, but I like, you know, just being able to sit back and watch and listen to the water. That's my, that's my relaxing place. I love it. Cause you can see how completely differently we interpreted that question. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. There's that so cool. Too. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, number two, which school has the best mascot? Oh my goodness. Uh, what school has the best mascot? Uh, any school that has a unicorn as a mascot. Do you know of a school with a unicorn? I don't, but okay. I'm just imagining. Fair. I'm just imagining. I was going to say UMBC because I only know the Golden Retriever. It's the only one I acknowledge. UMBC. Well, the reason I didn't have any other answers because I, I don't know. I'm not like a, a sports gal and I don't know what any school has as a mascot except the ones I went to. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. All right. Number three, how much would you have to be paid to never use another cell phone again? Oh, billions of dollars. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's my lifeline. It's how I do business. I stay connected. So yeah, you'd have to pay me a lot. I was going to be in the high hundred thousands. I mean, millions, but... Well, that's close to mine, right? (laughs) I'd, I'd probably find a way, though. Um, I'm going to skip that one. I didn't like that question. Number four, what gives you joy? Oh, it's freedom. Spontaneous freedom. My sister and I have a thing where we try to do something spontaneously. Yeah. Randomly. We just be, it's time to be spontaneous. What are we going to do? Yeah. We just go drive. Yep. Nice. Spontaneous freedom, play, all of that. Last question. In a similar vein, what do you do when you need to blow off stress? I go for a hike. Ooh. Go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trail or just? Trail or these days, I'm <laughs> going outside and taking a walk. Yes. Nice. Movement. Ultimately movement. Need to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't throw pillows or box or anything like that. But yeah. A walk seems like it... it wear you out too though so yeah 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 movement moving the energy yep Mm -hmm. well melly it's so great to have you on and guys i hope you listened and go back all the notes will be on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 224 episode 224 so check that out melly if these guys want to find you how can they connect you can find me mostly over on instagram at mel mel klein and that's k-l-e-i-n you can also go ahead and send me any you know, message you want to send me through my website, which is Melanie C. Don't forget the C in between, MelanieCKlein.com. I'd be happy to go ahead and offer any support that anyone may need. Fantastic, guys. They will be on the show notes page. So don't worry, but if you missed that, you can catch it there. Till next time, guys. Melanie, thank you so much. You guys, remember, don't stop. Keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. 
Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.